when I have the boat float because I have to reserve and pay for the bathroom. Oh. So this is the donation box for people to use. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, howdy ho, folks. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Live. In your in, face. <laughs> in monster vision. <laughs> you calling me a monster? Yes. Oh, all right. But only to your back. Yeah. Been called worse. Was that going to have been called worse things by better people? <laughs> have we called better things by worse people? Mm, something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's give a few seconds for people to jump in. I see we've already got a couple of people already jumping in the stream. I guess that check has cashed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to episode 186, as Lee has helpfully reminded me of the, what is this? Uh, yeah, rcroundtable.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you lose track of what show you're doing? Uh, well, you put it up on the screen, so I wanted to make sure I yeah. got it right. Uh, yes, folks, if you listen to this podcast and you, you're you late because we're live from, not New York, on uh, Simulcast, right, on the uh, YouTubes and on the Facebookings. Yep, and we should put the disclaimer out now that this is a very visually intensive episode, so... Yes, you can yes. listen, but you're going to want to go back and watch the video at some point. You want to go back, put on your 3D goggles, and really watch on YouTube. Yeah. Fitz is sporting a two-piece bathing suit with cute tassels. You're uh, missing it. See what you're uh, missing? LEDs. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the little propeller spinners on my anyways. <laughs> There's a theme to the show. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I already see a few familiar faces. Steven, yo, Tony, and Nathan. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, as we still got show and tell, I guess we'll uh, get right with it. Do we have any preamble before we jump right into it? Guys, got anything, any news? Anything off, you want to get off your chest? Speaking of tassels. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll throw some news out if you want. Yes. It is it's good stuff if you watch uh, AMA Air. I hope you do. It's uh, once a month, beginning of the month. And uh, last week, uh, we announced that we have worked to come up with another plan <laughs> with the FAA to move along some uh, FRIAs. And this is a new procedure that we're working with those uh, folks that are in controlled airspace with letter of agreements. Because uh, that doesn't necessarily protect you from not getting a FRIA. And so the good news is we've got another method to hopefully get the FAA to authorize those. And there's one club in particular that I'm pointing at <laughs> that I know that I've already submitted for their club. And so hopefully within a week or two, we will know if that method is working. So uh, just so you know, Fitz's club, uh, NASA, J Johnson Space Center in Clear Lake, they are in controlled airspace. Not what is it? How many miles from Ellington? Uh, right at the five mile line, like yeah. half the club is in within the five mile, half is with is outside of the five <laughs> mile, practically. Yeah. <laughs> and so the first free that we submitted, they were denied. In, denied. Yeah, is awkward. 
It's very awkward when you have Ellington say, yeah, they can fly there. And then the FAA says, nope, they can't. <laughs> we have it. Ellington that says it. NASA says it. NASA says it, yeah. Letter of agreements. We got what they think they call it the Space Act Agreement or something like that as well. We got all kinds of paperwork that says, yeah, they can fly here. No problem. And, of course, FAA says, no, nine. No. <laughs> you guys are renegades. You're unsafe. You're not fit to be modelers. And I don't know if this is, is I'm, I'm about to get yanked off air or something. I'm going to get a call and then they come from my side. My screen's going to go blank. But, you know, one of the issues is that NASA basically had said, we don't want them using remote ID. We don't need more devices out there. We don't need to be monitoring that. You know, they, they have permission to fly. Hallelujah. So, yeah. So the, uh, this new method, because I, you know, again, thanks to the government team with uh, the MA. So, Crystal, Tyler, good job, guys. Uh, they've made some efforts, and this is a new step, and it's a, a new procedure, an additional procedure. And I've submitted three clubs so far, and all we do now is wait to see if this. I don't know if it's a new department or new staff, whatever. But their own their focus is for those clubs with letter of agreements, official letter of agreements. And I'd love to be telling you guys at our next show. NASA is good to go. So these clubs had an existing letter of agreement because they were within the five mile radius. And so yeah. they were getting just outright declined because of that radius on Frias. Well, there have been clubs that have been accepted, but we have, we noticed that several were being denied and mainly oh. because they didn't like the fact that there was an airport too close. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So I don't remember when we last talked about it, but I think there was a point where we were talking about these and there had not yet been an example of a club that was resident on an airport of any size that had been approved. I think there's lots of examples now where that is the case, my club included. So whatever mental hurdles they had to get through to, to start approving that, it sounds like they've done. Well, I got to tell you, I one of the earliest free as I got was for a club that's in the middle of a field, a cornfield, whatever. and a farm and a <laughs> real field of dreams. Well, yeah. Well, it's a big crop circle and the key... <laughs> aliens. Sorry. Right there. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. <laughs> I say that in a nice fun way, but the key, the key issue with that field is they didn't have a center over the runway because they moved because it was so huge. They moved around depending on the wind and depending on the competition. It was all for gliders. And so we didn't want to give a center of the runway point. But the good news is we explained that in the notes. It was a huge radius and they gave it to us. I think it was 2,500 feet. Oh, that is a huge radius. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, we were hesitant. And then recently I got a club that's about 2,500 feet wide, but they have a lot of events there. And the club gave us lots of information that I was able to include in the FRIA. Uh, because the FAA would ask questions like, is there signage that says that people fly here? Is there a gate that keeps the public from going in? Uh, mm. That kind of thing. But uh, I'm just glad that this club got it because they also have hangars for ultralight or small sport flyer aircraft. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of those red flags too. But they do both there. I mean, that's that's what I'm, I was just so glad for that club because if you look at their photos and their website, they show people with their model airplanes with the you know, the sport flyers and they all, they're all in the hangar together and stuff like that. So um, it's good stuff. So there's your news. We we're moving along and making progress. And I got to say, I think we're down to, don't quote me on this, even though this is being recorded, 
but it looks like we have got about a little over a hundred applications left to go through. Wow. Meaning yeah. all the rest have been approved? All the ones have been submitted. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And that being said, that doesn't mean that every club we have has turned one in uh, or that some of these clubs are just going to get flat out denied. So they may right. not have turned one in. Um, and some of these clubs, some of the clubs that we have don't are not requesting them because they are a free flight hmm, or right. they're, they're small secondary locations. So what's a condition that would be an outright refusal for free status that you don't see a workaround? Over public parks. I've had a really tough time getting it where there's a, a park where um, there's, you can see like in a satellite image, there's public parking or it says, you know, uh, dog park right here. And they're, they're asking for a free over on top of that. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Not if the club is within a park, but if it overflies potential park area. Either or. I mean, it's either or. Because uh, I, I think there's lots of clubs, like Tom Bass Park in Houston. That's a city-owned park, right? Are they not going to get one? Well, I'm glad you asked, Terry, because they're one of the clubs I've submitted for this new process. They are in controlled airspace. They have a letter of agreement from Hobby Airport, and that's the new procedure. So I submitted them for this new process. So they should receive it. And oddly enough, if you've you've flown there, Terry, we I'm sorry, we both have flown there. Fitz uh, and I were escorted out of there once. <laughs> Wait, out of Goldie? Do tell. No, out of, <laughs> Tom, Tom Mass. Mass Park. Pay um, attention, Fitz. Whatever you're doing, stop. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's less dramatic than it sounds. The day that we maidened my Waco glider, uh, we went to Tom Bass Park. And I think the sign says it closes at sun. Maybe the whole park closes at sundown. And Fitz and I were stretching that a bit. And then that sun dipped below the horizon. And 10 seconds later, a dude in a park truck pulled up and told us in no uncertain terms, it was time to go. <laughs> oh. It was hereby henceforth vacate the premises. Yeah. So there, we left. There, there are many unique situations to automatically get accepted or flat out get denied. I have noticed that many of the clubs that I have had for flip flies, it's a 50, 50 and you get, it's almost as if you just get two different people. One person will say, you know what? That's fine. If there's a note or you have permission, uh, that's great. But there's like, you know, if you're have the potential of flying over a boat in a public waterway, there's no way, but I wanted to talk on a uh, tech on for the Tom Bass park, their actual letter of agreement, kind of like JSCs is that, the the grid is huge and mm -hmm. it's not it's over the typical flying area that the club would use so tom bass if you if you remember what it looks like you know you got the runway to the east and then there's a little helicopter section but the loa gives them everything else to the west and what you don't fly that? there sure. yeah oh. so even though the loa gives that i assign the typical flying zone or pattern as it were uh, for each free I submit, because that's so, what they're looking for. So this would be kind of L-shaped, wouldn't it? Yes, it would be. But in this case, it's a huge rectangle. It goes way beyond where you would fly. Interesting. All right, you know cool. That. Well, keep fighting the good fight, man. I appreciate you. Well, like I said, I hope the uh, next show, uh, Fitz will have like a little free a badge. <laughs> free a hat. You can get the tattoo. <laughs> exactly. Fred. 
Oh, yeah. Well, the AMA is working hard for you guys. I just want you all to know that. I know some people are, are flustered, frustrated, and all that jazz. And I will say I have some really great conversations with a couple of the PPOCs, primary point of contacts we have for the free requests. And uh, we're, we're doing our best. I have a couple of guys I feel really bad for because we've been denied you know, at least three times. And then those go to the government team to fight harder. But they understand. We're, we're doing our best. On the, on the on the good thing is like last week I got three, four, you know, approvals. Oh, nice. All right, cool. All right, any more ancillary stuff before uh, we dive in? No, I think we'll leave on good news. <laughs> so uh, Matthew's asking about the detail. I think it was a petite Valencia. He's. I sent you guys that link of a place was about two hours away. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and and it, I called him. Yeah. And Lee, when you called, the stuff was already gone, right? So, yeah. yeah thanks fine. for the heads up, but we were a little too late to pull the trigger on it. But I have bought some other stuff recently. Don't you want to hear about it? Uh, nah. Sure. Nah. Mm-hmm. nah right. no. I'll be so, doing it. Of course. No, Lee, you said you had some show and tell too, right? Or did I make that up? No. So I, I just have to interject here. And this is a conversation between me and Terry. So everybody else just take a break. Terry, yeah, all these years. photos, are you wanting me to share these photos? Not necessarily. I've got a, a stack of stuff here. And then there may be some points where I ask you to bring up specific photos. Okay. So here's my favorite. I'm going <laughs> to, I was going to say, I'm going to take myself out, but Fitz already took himself out. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> He just walked away. I'm going to, I'm going to step back. I'm going to go through your photos real quick and put them together. So why don't you start your show and tell? Okay. Are you guys going to be listening? Because I want you to ask insightful questions. Uh, I'll be here in spirit, but you go ahead. I'm going to get the rest of your photos together. All right. All right. Oh, good. Fitz is back. So this is another Facebook Marketplace find. It was located about half an hour from here in Green Bay. And I don't remember if the ad said it specifically, um, but the case was that this was a bunch of RC stuff being sold by somebody who's not into RC. And once I got over there, I found out the story that uh, this guy and his wife had bought a house and the person who lived there before, I think they died um, and all this stuff belonged to them and they left it in the house and the relatives wouldn't come get it. So it sat for years. And in the ad, there were a bunch of frankly crummy looking airplanes sitting out in the grass. And then there was one picture of a box of stuff and you could only see the stuff on the top, which wasn't terribly enticing. Um, but I was curious, so I contacted them and I went out to look at the stuff. So I drove out there and the story I got was the airplanes that were in that picture had been stored in a trailer. And at some point over the years, the roof of that trailer caved in. So they're basically exposed to the elements. You can imagine what happens to balsa airplanes just out in the Wisconsin weather. They, they looked bad. And there were a couple of airplanes that had thankfully been stored inside so there were some two salvageable planes there and then when i looked at the box well i got there the guy has a separate garage and there was much more good stuff than what was shown in that box and so it was all spread out and so i bought it and i got a pretty good deal on it and then not until i got home did i really dig into this stuff and and find everything that was there and there was some real treasure in there and usually my my litmus test for buying lots like this is if I think I can sell one or two things and get back what I paid for it and then keep the stuff that I want to keep, that's usually a, 
a good sign for me. And that was the case here. Um, there were a couple glow engines in there that I didn't care about and I sold them and I've more than broken even on this deal so far. So I'm real happy about it. And Lee, are you producing or are you off somewhere else? Well, I can't get your photos. For some reason, your photos are like flickering in Dropbox and I can't download them. So give me a few more minutes. Do you, I have the two control line planes I can show. Yeah. So those are the two planes that were stored inside. Um, oh, all right. Pull, let me pull that one up. Huh? So, yeah. so uh, these were interesting. This is for those who don't know a Sterling Ringmaster, which is a 35 size combat control line plane. And that I knew it as soon as I saw it um, because that's what my grandfather flew when I was a kid. He had one that he built and covered with tissue and dope or silk and dope. And now this one's covered in monocoat or something like it, but it's got, um, uh, oh shoot, what kind of engine is that? Uh, the redhead, somebody help me out here. McCoy, uh, McCoy redhead. McCoy. I think it's, yeah. yeah, it's either a 35 or a 29. Anyway, I had no interest in flying this, but I just wanted an example of a ringmaster just because of the the emotional attachment I have to it. And this is where it is. It's hanging in my shop now, and I intend to keep it there. And also was a super ringmaster. That's the other picture here. I never had one. Um, my grandfather never had one or any of my uncles, but it's the, the next generation. It's a full fuselage um, control line combat. It's got flaps. This one is covered with some sort of uh, silk span. You can see a little bit of damage on the wing there, but also a McCoy redhead engine. So anyway, I thought it was just fun. So that one's going to hang up. Plans to fly these or are you just, just nope. going to be hanging up? Means? Nope. I'm just going to look at them. They could probably be put in the air with very minimal effort. You can see the lead outs are still in the wings. The bell cranks work. Um, yeah, they're perfectly capable, but I, I don't see me doing that. So some other airframe stuff. I'll go ahead and dive into this because this involves fits. Um, there was a couple of helicopters there, and not just any helicopter, but um, very interesting helicopters. One I recognized right away, and the other I didn't recognize till I got back home. So the deal I made with the guy was um, I gave him X amount of money for all the stuff, and he said, well, I'll take your offer, but for that I'm keeping this other helicopter because he thought it looked neat and he wanted to put it in his man cave. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I didn't know what it was. And then on the drive home, I'm like, mm, you know what? I'll bet it was this. So the helicopter that I did get out of that was a Dubro Whirlybird, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the first production helicopter RC kit. And it's very unique because the rotor is not directly driven. There's a an airplane, a 40 size airplane engine mounted vertically that spins whatever normal size 40 prop is a nine or 10 inch something. The torque, the, the motors mounted to a plate with the big rotors. And so the torque of the engine spinning that little propeller spins the big rotor. And then it has a, a shaft driven uh, tail rotor. So anyway, very unique model, very, to me, kind of historic. So, I wanted that one and I got it and it's here. Did you know that fits? Did I, I did not that I... know that. Okay. So I've, from me? Yeah. I've been keeping that one away from you. So I've got a, <laughs> I've got a Dubro Whirlybird here that I may try to get back in the air at some point. I ran across a video where a guy, instead of using the, the vertically mounted glow engine, he put 
dual uh, quad motors to spin the rotor. I'm still trying to figure out how he did that because you would have to either put the whole radio system on the head and spin with it or get some sort of sliding contact on the rotors. But anyway, I'll, I'll dig into it and see, but, or maybe I'll just do a glow engine. I don't know. But the other model that, that I saw that the other helicopter model, I didn't recognize right away, came home, figured it out. And then I talked to you about it, Fitz, and you wanted it because you might try to get it going. So I went back the next day and gave him money for you to buy. By the way, you haven't paid me for that yet. I was just going to so, ask. It's like, wait, don't I owe you some money? <laughs> yeah, this is my helicopter. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll send it post haste. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Tony's saying maybe it's a smoothie instead of a super ringmaster. You know, I'm going to have to look that up. I just assumed it was a super ringmaster. Maybe it said it on there somewhere. All right. Tony, you, you might have caught me in a lie. I'm going to look that up. All right. So anyway, the other helicopter is a Dubro, what's the name of it? I forgot. Was it the shark? Shark, yeah, which it's huge. I mean, this thing is ginormous. It barely fit in my car. So it's powered by, originally powered by a 60 size glow engine. And it, it actually. a 20 cc gas was the original one. And oh, was it actually glow gas? It later. Yeah. Okay. And it yeah. drives the head like a a more modern helicopter would and also has a shaft drive. So it looks more modern, but the frame of it is like a aluminum truss structure. And I mean, this sucker's big and it's very rudimentary. There's lots of bell cranks and push rods and things like that. Very neat to look at, which is why that guy wanted it in his man cave, but there, there's no secrets to it. And you get the, the seven simple machines. You're probably going to find examples of all of them on this helicopter. And, uh, I'm glad we were able to get it. And it's interesting because the uh, skids looked like they took some one by two lumber. The skids are, I think they go as far back as the the tail rotor and then way far forward. So yeah, there we go. You can see the skids on there. He's got the lumber and then some long tube that he added. He did not want this thing to tip over. Yeah. Somebody was learning how to fly. Yeah. And this sort of gives an idea of the scale of it. This is in the back of my Ford Flex which that's almost eight feet long, that, that rear area. So it, I had to put it in there sideways to fit. So, it, so I have big. all the pictures now, Terry, so I'll go to the next one. Okay. I think there's, the, there's a few of this shark. Right. Okay. Well, and the whirlybirds in there somewhere too. Yeah. So I think the, well, I'm not trying so to go to Facebook. I think I've told you before that the whirlybird is notoriously hard to fly. That's what I've heard. This was pre-gyro and everything else. Yeah. I don't have anything to do it this way. So so there's the... All right. So that's the shark. It has two bodies in it and then a box of spare parts. I think there were spare blades, some spare skids, some other stuff that I couldn't identify, some gears. There's all sorts of things. And yeah, I think there's a picture of the head somewhere too. Yeah, there's the head. You can see the engine down in there. What did we say is yeah. in there? A K and B something? Can be sixty probably. Yeah, I think it was can be. Yeah, can yeah, be something or another. Yeah, which weren't known to be power horses, powerhouses either. Yeah, but for that time period, they were pretty popular. They were. Yeah, and there's it a belt drive. On it or not. Yeah, and yeah, that's you can see the lumber for the skids on there, and <laughs> it looked like they also had uh, cross beams in there to keep it from tipping sideways, and these heavy steel brackets on there. 
So I assume I this thing in stock air. form. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I assume in stock form is pretty heavy, and they just, with no regard to weight, just added this stuff on there. There's the tail rotor. Yeah, there's the tail rotor. It's pretty neat the way that works. It's it's hard to make out in this picture, but there's just a push rod that pushes against a bell crank, the bell crank yeah. with a spring rod, and yeah, it's really clever. That looks pretty close to what we have nowadays for a lot of helicopters. It doesn't look yeah. all that different. Just a little cruder, is all. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, in my attic over the garage, and I had a heck of a time getting it through the doorway <laughs> in the attic. I had there, to the because head. those skids are so long, oh, yeah. and then it's got the huge rotors. I had to take one. Of, I had to fold the rotors back, and it was still. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah I guess we should mention it's fixed pitch, so this is really old yeah. school. What do those springs do that are on there? Uh, it's probably the the. Oh. I'm thinking the dampening, but that's it's in the wrong way. Why would the springs? Yeah, I wish I'd taken a. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I wish I had taken a picture you, of me holding it, so you get a better sense of the scale. But yeah, how anyway. ginormous it is. So, yeah, uh, I, Lee, I guess we're going to need to take another trip to Wisconsin <laughs> next year. <laughs> well, no, Fitz. Without exaggeration, you have a shelf in my workshop with a stack of stuff waiting for you because I've got that Tony. Um, we picked well, up the control line zero. This is the second helicopter I bought for you. Remember we, I found the other one here in green Bay that you wanted. I forgot what it was, but. So did I. <laughs> there's, was it? there's two old helicopters, a big Tony and a control line, half a control line kit. And Yeah. Jeez. So Michael's here with us. I'm. I'd like him to chime in if he knows anything about why the springs might be on top. Because obviously they're the spring back if the blades flap down. So maybe that metal was known to be kind of flimsy for wind wind gusts or something might over over bend the uh, blades. Well, maybe it's not for. Well, I mean, you you're hoping they're tied down, but maybe it's to maybe the the keep them straight out. It says, see yeah. how it says self-centering? Maybe that's it. Yeah, self-centering teetering head. Prevent um, mast bumping. Hmm. Or maybe they help control torsion or I don't know. But oh, right, right. Because, yeah, if it teeters too much, you might, yeah, or you might hit the tail. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. But, yeah, okay, yes. Because I remember now, uh, I had a helicopter, a fixed pitch. Head. They did the same thing, but they use a, a rod through the head. So the rod act as a spring okay. instead of the... Uh, of, of using actual springs, Spring, yeah. actual springs right better than a rod. Rod broke all the time, uh, so yeah, and that's to dampen out, to smooth out the, not only to prevent from hitting the tail, but I think it also helped um, stabilize it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's nothing concern. elegant about this at all. It's no, it looks like <laughs> you can. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. They were <laughs> figuring out as they went along. But that's the beauty of it, right? And it's yeah. all right there to look at. That's true. Think, yeah, you, you can know, just kind of precursor to those movie. magnificent men. <laughs> if you ever crash it, you're gonna have to buy like a '72 Pinto and and pull brake pads off of it to get springs. And... <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny. Yeah, they came out of brake calibers or something for the yeah. springs. <laughs> hey, my, you know, I, I'm gonna do a little uh, heads up here for those of you who are watching us live. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'd like y'all to stick around because after we do some of this show and tell, I have something I'd. I'd like everyone to respond, uh, you know, give their opinions, their their answers. So it's a little tease, but do stick around because I have something I'd like to show you guys. All it's right. Hey, speaking of teasing, heading into this, we were 
toying with the idea of a giveaway. Are we prepared for a giveaway or did we um, not hold up to that? Well, that's all Fitz. Fitz Rooney. Well, we had come up with an idea, but I wasn't able to completely follow through with it. Uh, and I just got busy with some other stuff. And I had started working on it and had some issues. And so it's not ready for prime time. I can't yeah. give a demonstration. I don't know if we want right. to say what it is or not. but No, let's just let's hold that for next time. So everybody okay. who's here, thanks for coming despite the lack of a giveaway. We'll do yeah. a giveaway Fitz. maybe next time. I'm so sorry. I just got uh, – I, I, I had earnestly worked, started working on it, and I ran into some roadblocks that was kind of frustrating. So, we, Well, we could give away stuff that Terry just showed us. <laughs> There's this <laughs> big helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of helicopters, I came yeah. up with this photo, Terry. Yeah, that, that's the Whirly Bird. And it's hard to tell here, but if you look, that black thing on the top, that's the engine mount. So yeah, the 40 size sticks missing. straight up. Did and, it not come with the engine? Uh, no, it did not have an engine. Oh, because the engine had a special counterbalance on it, too. I've got the balance. Oh, you do? Okay. But, okay. yeah, I've got the balance, but not the engine. Well, what if you can stick an electric motor on top? Is well, there... right. But, again, that's what I was saying before. You either have to put the receiver and the battery and everything on that spinning part, or you got to oh, figure right. out some sort of sliding contact. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah right. Because <laughs> that uh, silver yeah. thing below, that's the fuel tank. Oh, um, is it? Okay, yeah. so yeah, so that, you need to put in there or have some sort of slip ring to power yeah. it or something. Oh, just tether it. It's not going to yeah. go very far anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just one big giant capacitor on the bottom there. Yeah. So anyway, so those are the helicopters. Okay, so that was the intro to this stuff. We got the control line planes, we got the helicopters, and then there was several boxes of just stuff. And what I think is fun to do is what we've done a couple of times is just go through with a camera and dig through all this stuff, but that takes forever and nobody else is as interested in that stuff as I am. So I've gone through everything and I've picked out what I think are the jewels of this treasure. And uh, I'll go through them with you now. And hopefully you guys think it's as fun as I do. Um, let's see. Oh, Matthew Malik's talking about a motor timer that uh, for a control line that could maybe work on a helicopter. That's not a horrible idea. So you just get full throttle the whole time but yeah. it's fixed pitch so yeah it's that's not a good idea <laughs> <laughs> like i said tether <laughs> just just plug it into a radio yeah just walk around okay so a lot of these things uh, are gonna kind of put a timestamp on these items and there's actually a pretty broad spectrum because those control line planes could be 70s era for all we know uh, given the engine and the the lineage of the kits but Here's another gem for you. You ready? Yes, this is a simulator kit with the with the controller made by Knife Edge Software. So I guess oh, this nice predates Real Flight. The yeah. date on the back says 98. So I thought Real Flight was out by then, but this is called mm -hmm. RC Pilot, and it's you know, what you would expect. It's uh, got the, it, this is not a USB controller. I guess this would have been like game port or whatever we used back then. Um, well, I thought they had USB back then too, but probably not. Yeah. It's probably, uh, I'd have, I haven't opened it up yet. Early USB one. <laughs> is it on floppy uh, disk? So what, what does it say? Yeah. For operating system with like windows. 95, uh, yeah. I can read you the minimum requirements. Uh, system recovery 64. <laughs> windows 95 <laughs> or 98. Uh, Pentium go. 90 or equivalent. <laughs> uh, graphics and sound cards with DirectX. 30 megabytes of hard drive and 16 megabytes of RAM. So wow, you, man. You could play Super this computer on your phone now. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's megabytes so, of RAM, not gigabytes. Res, the resolution's available, 300 by 240, 8-bit color, or 1024 by 768, 32-bit color. Oh, well, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, but 640 by 40, that's got to look like that. <laughs> and it's, I assume they were- Fly the, the pixel. Yeah. They were probably in cahoots with Great Plains then, or Hobbyco, because it looks like, if you look on the back, a lot of the planes are- Hobbyco stuff. Oh, right. But anyway, um, that might be fun. Yeah. Somebody's got an old 198 machine lying around. It'd be fun to fire up. But yeah. it's all in there. I don't know if it's ever been taken out. It's funny you mentioned that. Dude. I've, I've been had plans for quite some time to build an old computer like that that will run like Windows 98 or something like that. So oh, they can play go. old games and stuff like that just to, as a retro thing. Yeah. And aren't there emulators that can... Yeah. You could run probably something called DOSBox would probably okay. run it as well. Yeah. Right. Well, Scoby so, has like a flight simulator in their clubhouse. So yeah. I think it'd be nice if more clubs did that, have had something like that available for kids to just come in and give it a try. Yeah, we'll oh, yeah. So, all right. Um, this, this next thing is some radio gear. And I'll pull some of the parts out here. And interestingly, I took some pictures of it last night because there was a post that came through on Facebook where a guy had a Heathkit transmitter that either he built as a kid or his father built or something. He'd had it forever, but he didn't have any of the onboard radio gear. Well, I've got onboard Heathkit radio gear, but no transmitter. So it's a Heathkit receiver and Heathkit wow. servos. With I can iCat. smell that photo. Right? <laughs> it looks relatively modern, right? Yeah, they're not huge servos. Um, have you have either of you ever used those? Negative. A Heathkit? Yep. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's the same as a Kraft. Similar. Except you build it. Yeah. And there's <laughs> batteries in here. Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Devin asked if I can smell it. Yeah, there's a there's a smell to old heat kit stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, the plastic. Yeah. Here's the receiver. I you know what? I assume it's seventy two or twenty seven. I didn't actually look. And I don't would it have a crystal in it or would it have been tuned specifically to it? No, probably channel? would have a crystal. Yeah, well, it's not accessible without taking the thing apart. Might have been set, set for a particular channel. Well, yeah. I don't know. Right. It, unless it was a really old, and it used. There's other ways of doing radios out crystals, but it's usually very interference prone. Yeah. So anyway, and tiny little servo arms. But yeah. Anyway, cool stuff, I think. And some a pack for a battery. It's just a plastic case, and it says Heath Kit. But there's nothing in it, so maybe it went with the transmitter. So, so did you get the transmitter from the guy? No, I only have this onboard gear. Oh, it was buried in a box with other stuff, and actually, the pieces were in separate boxes. I had to put them all together mm. to collect it. You know, it's funny. It was just the other night. I was thinking, man, I mean, it might be interesting to try an old, like, escapement system or something, something really old that had yeah. the vacuum tubes, just just as an experiment, as a, as a modern day experiment, just see what those guys yeah. had to do back then. Yeah, you would appreciate your modern gear much more, I think. Oh, yeah, <laughs> immensely. All right, let's move on to some engines. This was a, a Glow Engine guy. And so here's an interesting tool that I never knew existed, but um, it's a pressure gauge, and that's a, a Glow Plug tap. Oh, neat. So I guess you can check the compression of your Glow Engine. You just thread yeah. it in where the Glow Plug would go and oh, twist cool. it. So yeah, you're going to keep that. I think, I mean, if somebody thinks they can use it, um, great. But uh, yeah, that's a, a fun little thing just to knickknack to keep around. Yeah. Right. And so there was a box of half A engines. 
I should have zoomed into Fitz's eyes right there. (laughs) And I'll be honest, no offense to this guy, but of the airplanes that I saw and except for the control and stuff, they're nice. But the RC stuff I saw, they weren't turbo great. You could tell even when they were built, they were just kind of clunky and you just not built well. <laughs> Building was a means to an end. Huh? Yeah, but the engines, every engine oh. that I found in this stash is immaculate. And most of them, I can't tell if they're new or not. And these half engines wow. are no different. So this looks like, um, a, a, I don't know oh. if it's Cox or Testers, but it's one for a car. Yeah, yeah. So it's got whatever flywheel that is that drives their little, like a dune buggy or something. Yeah, it's pretty common. Is that, is that, a, throttle, is that a throttle ring on it? Um, maybe it is. It's a snap ring, but I don't see where it would. Oh, and a pull start. Look at that. Oh, oh. really? <sighs> oh, I'm holding it. There, I was holding yeah, it. Ah, cool. Huh, yeah. Cool. So I don't see a throttle. I don't even see a needle valve. It's reeds in the back plate. So anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. So there's that, and I'll try not to dwell too much on these things. Um, 049, maybe, or 051? How can you tell the difference between a 049? Uh, Red or black on the case. The blacks were 049, if I remember correctly, and the reds are 051. uh, This one's a tight fit in the back. So, So, yeah, it's got the the body mount with the... Oh, that no, those... Tanks are relatively high demand. Oh, really? To take about like that? Okay. That it yeah, seems so to it's be in okay shape. So it's red. It should be an 051. Of oh, this part where the, the card is? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. You look, some are black, some are red. Is there a significant difference in performance between the 049 oh, and the I don't remember the numbers. You know, of course, the 051 is slightly larger displays. Right this one yeah. goes yeah, to 11. More. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it has the shorter TD head on it. Um, so anyway, I'll yeah. shove this yeah, back, back later. And then well, it looks like good. just a standard baby that's B. A baby B. Yeah. Baby, yeah. Um, baby with oh spring start and some sort of baffle around the muffler. I don't know if it's a throttle. Let's see. Bear with me. Yeah, so can you see this fits? There's an uh, arm here that goes yeah, around. Yeah, that's a, that's a throttle. Is there holes okay. in it, right? Yeah. I believe, yeah, that's a... So it just... Like you can either set it manually or hook it to a servo. So it changes the back pressure to... It's a restrictive um, throttle. It just kind of restricts the exhaust and it forces the... It kind of clamps down an exhaust and forces it. Oh, it's it's like... It has detents oh. in it, which is interesting. As yeah, you yeah. It, I've seen something like that once before, I think. Yeah, I think you can sort of set your throttle for free flight because you don't want full throttle. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That didn't start. That's pretty neat. Um, another baby bee. Baby bee, baby bee. Um, more, more. Oh, the big wow. tank. Is that a queen bee or something? Uh, I think it just maybe a baby bee with a larger tank. Maybe. Okay. Remember. All right. And maybe then, Tony's in the chat. He can tell us. Oh, exactly. yeah. I always forget some of the, we have the ends minor nuances. Yeah. Tony must have walked away. I was expecting him to be chiming, yeah. in, chiming in by now. Yeah, All right. This is a WinMac. Oh, WinMac, yeah. With a built-in tank. This is a WinMac 4 It uses five, a glow plug. Okay. Yeah. So I assume over 9. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're FAA over 9s. Yeah. 
fairly popular in the 50s. And it turns over. It's got good compression. Is it supposed to have a carburetor on it with a needle valve? I don't. Uh, it's supposed to have a needle valve, but yeah. it seems like a yeah. lot of them miss it. <laughs> I've well, got a couple of Winmax, and I think they all are missing the needle valves. Well, as I see that, I look in the box, and there's a spring and a needle valve sitting in oh. there. So, oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I bet it goes to that. So, all right. Getting close to the end of the half-A stuff here. Um, just another one Mac. Yep, another one Mac and another wow. baby. Oh, look in great condition. And then one of those uh, Cox uh, Profile 049 mount that looks like it's never been attached to anything. Getting a lot of glare here. So Yeah, I see it. Oh, wow. It's got the groove for the landing gear wire. Yeah. All right, so let me put those away. I thought Fitz would enjoy those. I did. So what's the deal with one Mac? Are, does anybody still use them, or are they just kind of a interesting uh, in there's, history? There's still some. I think that uh, uh, Hexaplane I got from um, had a, at the swap meet has a Winamac in it. Ah, uh, uh, oh, I forgot his name. He's going to kill me if you I forgot his name. <laughs> um, they're not that common, but I think there's too few holdouts that use their... They run okay. They're not super powerful, but they're decent religions for what they are. And they use glow plugs instead of glow heads. Yes, they do. They use a glow plug. I think they use the same Cox fuel. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. So, oh, this one is for Lee. I got two okay. to show Lee. Um, there's okay. some adhesives. This one, oh, still squishy. All right. Segment and <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm in heaven. I'm oh, going in. Have a sniff right. of that. Yep. Yeah. Puff, puff, pass. All right. Um, Another McCoy. This one's a 35 redhead. There are several uh, McCoys that were yeah. on the profile planes and then others, a whole bunch of engines of wow. various types. A lot of RC, a lot of control line. Um, and speaking of control line, control line kit of something. A, a nondescript box. And then if you open it, there's something in it. There's hopefully. Thing. There's lots of things in it. It's a wow. control line, a Fox control line kit. It's got a Fox, I think a 15, and then uh, cables, wheels, control lines, bell cranks. Like yeah. Boombox? Yeah. Well, it's missing a couple pieces. I forgot what they are. I identified. There's a tank here. Um, so I found a description of this. I actually found the old Fox catalog that tells what's in here. Wow. So whatever this is is missing. I forgot. It what looks it is like there. a wrench of some sort, maybe? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It looks so, like a glow plug, glow plug wrench. Oh. Maybe. Wow. But yeah, I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Either frame that or hello eBay. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to find somebody that is really in the control line that would appreciate it. It's really kind of, it looks like a collector's item, really. Yeah, I, I think so. So, by the way, for anybody listening or watching, if you see something that you're particularly interested in, let me know. I'm not married to anything yet, so I may be willing to part with it. Um, because of my Duber history, I'm attracted to old Duber things, so there's some old glow plug clips. Oh, those are nice. Yeah, so two different styles, both from Dubro. Um, maybe we can use this McCoy. There's one. Well, neat. Yeah. And then different ones. This is like an office supply, it looks like. But yeah, it's almost like a clothesline. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I had one. I remember my dad had yeah, one. I think I had yeah. one too somewhere. Yeah. So you almost wonder why it developed from that because that's so simple. I guess yeah. there's probably a narrow range of engines it works on. I don't know if that would yeah, work on a four nine, but but still, right. you ground on the engine and then you put the the other part on the glow plug. Got a big an old uh, Dubro fuel pump. Oh yeah, Was it works. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a geared, I think, right? It was a geared pump. Uh, no, I don't think it's geared. Just you know, it's got all these bolts around it. I think it's just uh, some sort of cam on the inside that cam or uh, compresses. A, um, uh, there's a fuel line around the circumference of the cam. Uh, what do you call it? Peristaltic pump. Uh, yeah, sure. No, it sounds like it's geared. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. It's just squeaky and old. Oh, okay. And actually, this came with a flight box, and the flight box had another one of these mounted on it. All right, getting close to the end here. This is an Exacto set. I was not aware it existed, wow. and it's contoured sanders. So I'll try to get Look it to like this. So you got like an arrow shaped and a, a radius and a T-bar, and cool. yeah, they're each two pieces. And so you wrap the paper around the contour piece, and then you put the little clip on to hold the paper in, mm. and then you go sanding. I thought I had never heard of that before, but that looked pretty handy. Yeah. And it's got sandpaper with it, which I assume it came with. Now I've got to figure out how to get it back in the box. There it goes. So, yeah, this looks old just based on the, the font used on the package here, I assume. Yeah. Legacy item, part number 351. All right, so uh, that was all the stuff I had in the box, but I did want to grab a couple more things that Fitz wanted to ask your interest in. Um, so I told you there were a bunch of engines, and just randomly I pulled this one, which is a Fox 40 that looks, and everything just looks brand new. Wow. If, maybe at the end of every year, he took them apart and cleaned them. I don't know, but they all turn over. They all look nice. One of the engines I sold was an OS FS48, a four-stroke 48. Hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Um, When I put it up for sale, I'm like, it looks new. I I can't, I have no sign, visible signs that it's ever been run. Maybe he did, but yeah, maybe not. Um, so another one that there's several Indians, Inya engines that are in the plastic cases like this Ooh. with the documentation. Uh, this one is, is it like a, oh, an 09. <laughs> this is a nine, but I do have a 15. Ooh. There might be a 29 in there. But there's several and again, they, they just look brand spanking new. Oh, they're RC ones. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, again, some yeah. RC, some control line. Um, apparently they didn't come with mufflers, I don't believe. Oh, no mufflers on them? Uh, yeah, I don't think they came with them. I think they came with a butterfly. Yeah, some had a butterfly thing. and some The yeah. ones I have, I think, usually have a muffler, but I think one has a butterfly. But, uh, wow. That's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. So for some reason I was thinking you had a, a proclivity for any engines. But... I do, and I'm very interested in the 09 and the 15. All right, well. We'll, we'll haggle. Well, $10. Um, we're here, $10. I love it. $11 right there. Well, the man, the man in the green shirt, $50. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty dumb when it comes to this legacy or any glow engine stuff. And 
you start looking at the Fox engines and then the Inya stuff. There's so many variations within them that even after reading the bottle number off the box and some of them you go search and then there's over a span of years, the same model number could have varied differently by a lot. So uh, trying to find a value on some of this stuff is actually pretty tough. Um, the I told you I sold the, the Four Stroke OS. There was also a, a Pico Marine engine, a Pico 80. And that one I looked up and they were getting lots of money. So that one I had no trouble selling at all. And it had a tune pipe with it. So oh, wow. I mean, it was gone. In our <laughs> Which I was surprised. Like, Who knew that people still run race globe marine engines? Uh, yeah, but, they still do. But it was a beautiful engine. I've seen a run here in Houston not that long ago. A couple, two, three years ago, maybe? Three or four okay. years ago. Yeah, they, yeah. they still, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of that, there were some random marine parts. There's a, now I know they call it a, they call it, well, now I forgot, a scutter, like a rudder and skid. Ah. Like the, the drive shaft goes through here, and here's the rudder, and this yeah, attaches yeah. to the back. Yeah, That's so, a big one. Okay, sure. I tried. This is an Optura, I think. Yeah, Optura was a big uh, brand. Yeah. Stuff. But tried, I, yeah, I tried to nail down the part number on this, and, and there's a hundred different ones, and I gave up. <laughs> and then some props. Is Optura still in business? I guess. Uh, I don't know. Some Prather what? props. And... Yeah, Prather. Yeah. Yeah. Poker on, uh, there's a there's a store called Offshore Electrics. That might uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was there and actually joined a forum. I paid to join a forum. Um, International Waters. Is that what it's called? Because no. um, somebody, when I was looking at that Glow Marine Engine, somebody said that's the best place to sell stuff. And I think they were right. So it was worth the few dollars it took to get a monthly membership. And um, there's a funny story uh, sidelined with that. So to basic membership to that, a website is free and they have rules that you have to have X number of posts um, or X amount of time as a member before you can post anything in the classified section. But they also have paid memberships and in the benefits the, of listed for a paid membership, it says no waiting for classifieds. So I'm like, all right, well, I think it's like five bucks a month. So I'm like, sure, for five bucks, I'll, I'll skip the line there and uh, go ahead and, and join and I pointed to my RC groups trader rating, which I don't know if anybody cares, but that's some sort of history on me. Anyway, so I posted up that engine, sold in a heartbeat, and then somebody asked, Hey, I thought new members couldn't post in classifieds. And I said, yeah, that's waived for for paid members. And then the guy who owns the site came on and said, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> that didn't mean what I thought it meant. Um, so there was some discussion about it. everybody was very cordial, but, um, and in the end, apparently they had the, the management of the site had a discussion. They said, well, we are actually going to let paid members go directly to classifieds because since you paid with a credit card, we know who you are, we know how to trace you. So if you're up to no good, maybe we know how to find you. So, That's good. That's very yeah. reasonable. Response. Yeah. So it was an interesting couple of days as we <laughs> got to that final conclusion, but yeah. I know, but it's in my head, in my head, the guy who told on you, is, 
I didn't know new members. <laughs> That's what I heard in my voice. So you had some Carl. Yeah, there. I was going to say, we call them Neil Karen. Karen, well, I thought they're called Carls or kids. No, the Carls, yeah. probably. Yeah. So, I don't know if it was like that. I chose to take it in a positive way. Um, and when I explained that paid members don't have to do that, he's like, okay. And then he tried to, he had, was talking about some airplane stuff he had to sell. So, and then it was a couple of days later when the owner came on. It's like, uh, no. So why anyway, did you? <laughs> yeah. no, why did they let you? <laughs> right. And I assumed that they would have some sort of software limit that, yeah. that would have prevented me, but no, it let me go right in. So anyway, all's well that ends well. I have no, I'll probably go back, maybe try to sell these other parts that I have once I figure out what the heck they are. So maybe put a post and say, what the heck are these? Yeah. <laughs> Some measurements or something. Probably. Yeah. Or just put myself at the mercy. I've got this. What's it worth? So, yeah. Oh, cool. So looking at the message from Tim here. Yeah. Race boat. Yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, those uh, boat racer guys are, I don't know if they're quite sane, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And going back to this compression tester, it looks like a homebrew thing. Cause this is a piece of, copper or brass that's soldered on here. So if anybody's ever used a compression tester on a glow engine, yeah, tell us how it works or why, why would you need to do that? Uh, you got a worn engine. When, how, Is that the only? Like, yeah, I, I would think if you, unless you, I don't, well, you could put shims in the head too. Maybe you're checking if you're shimming the uh, head. Okay. To check. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For racing or something, you might do that. Hmm. Uh, All right. Uh, otherwise, it's probably just to see if your engine's worn out or not. Do glow engines have piston rings? Some do, some, some do. don't. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Some do, and you, you can replace a piston and rings and the uh, sleeve. So okay. I, I literally have a an Enya. I know that's worn because I can tell it's lost a lot of its compression. Right. It's worn out. Well, hmm. probably from lots of use of using the wrong fuel in it, but yeah. I was young and dumb. Fifty <laughs> percent nitro. <laughs> No, not enough oil in it. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> anyways. Right. So yeah, I've got a few odds and ends here, but that's the gist of the stuff that I brought up here to show you. There's a whole collection of interesting tools that came with it. Some of them I literally don't know what they do. So maybe I'll do some posts on Facebook to to see if people can tell me what the heck I've got. What does this do? Yeah. It's a discombobulator. Yeah. So... So that's it. That's my latest score. I'm very happy with it. Yeah, um, Jason wanna... asked if I have any craft gear. Um, no, nope, I don't. The only thing I've got that resembles craft is the the uh, Heathkit stuff I just showed. So, oh, well, that's I like craft cheese not. in the refrigerator. Yeah, that too. So, but, Terry, I had the photo of the foam wing. Do you want me to put that on display? Oh yeah. Okay. So I forgot that that's part of this. Um, I did bring home one airplane. Um, so there was in that stash of airplanes that were outside, I could tell one of them was a telemaster. So when I was messaging with the guy, he said, most of this stuff doesn't look good. And I said, well, hold on to this one because I want to look at it. And it was a standard 40 size telemaster. But when I got there, it did not look good. Um, so I got there and I said, eh, you can keep this. I'm interested in the other stuff though. And then there was another old-timer airplane there that he said, I guess he assumed I wanted. So when we're loading the stuff in my car, he just stuck it in there. And, and I wasn't going to argue with it at that point. I got it home. It's an I don't know what airplane it is. It's very boxy looking, but old-timer style. And 
I was moving it one day in the shop and I was like, man, the wing on this thing is just crazy heavy. It, it's an old timer, right? It should just be balsa and air and maybe a little bit of silkspan. Why is it this heavy? And at this point, I'd already decided because it didn't look good and it was going to need a lot of work. I was just going to throw it away. So I'm like, I got to see if they used uranium stringers or what on this thing. <laughs> Why is it so heavy? So I'm, like, I'm going to throw it away anyway. I might as well break it apart and see what's on the inside that it's made, made it like this. So I just uh, I broke it at the center section and peeled back some of the covering. And it's the darndest thing. They built it as a standard structure. And then after it was covered, they took spray foam and filled all the bays with spray foam. And so not until after I saw this did I recognize that the covering in a lot of areas is bulged out. You can see where the spars are. And I think it's like a four-spar wing. And then between the spars, it, it bulges out there. And, you know, I guess if you hold a can of spray foam, you get some idea of how much that stuff weighs. But this thing was like it was made out of concrete. It was incredibly heavy. Four cans. <laughs> Maybe. And that foam's pretty dense. So intuitively, you would think, okay, big deal. They added some foam to it. But no, this is dense foam. It, to their credit, the thing was incredibly stiff, too. I mean, you probably could have <laughs> driven over it and it would have been fine. Yeah, you can see where it only partially filled some of these bays here. Um and it looked like several different kinds because you've got brown foam here and then white and other areas. But this image, you can see the reflection of the light. See how it bulges there in different areas? It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Why would you do that? I I, I can like- understand somebody thinking, yeah, that, that, that'll stiffen up the wing. Won't weigh much. Let's try it. Well, you had it on Facebook, and someone mentioned maybe they did that for paintball. Maybe they used this as a drone of some sort and... Oh, well, um, I think that was Jason Klein. He was saying he had seen that before in planes that are intended to be shot with paintball guns. So I don't know if that was what they had in mind here. But anyway, I just thought it was very interesting. In all my years of modeling, I have never seen that before. Now I know why, because it's incredibly heavy. But, you know, it doesn't seem like a crazy idea. It doesn't seem nonsensical. But in practice, it it doesn't work. So if anybody out there is contemplating filling their wing with spray foam. Don't do it. This is Step our, away from the foam. <laughs> yeah, this is our PSA for this episode. Stay away from spray foam. Actually, I fixed an old Zaggy wing once with spray foam. I think they had, I bought it from somebody used and they had had a midair with it that took out part of the leading edge or something. So I was just filled the gap with spray foam and then shaped it and, that didn't seem to have much of an effect, but that was a much, much smaller area. Anyway, interesting things that I, I found in this purchase. So, and I'm still amazed at the stuff that I find within an hour radius of this crazy place up by the North Pole. Lots of good stuff to be found. It just comes to you. It's weird. It really is. So, oh, um... Another post I put on Facebook today, somebody reached out to me uh, last week and said they had a couple Astroflight motors. Would I take them? Yes, I would. Thank you. (laughs) And I think that person knew me from the column, the electrics column. But um, are they here? Yeah, hold on. 
So, yeah, an Astro 05 with a gearbox that looks brand spinking new. It's even got the uh, diode on the top with a nice jetty brushed speed control. And then uh, mm. a, a 15 FAI, which is the hotter wind of these. They were intended for short like, climb and glide type things. So, yeah, fun stuff. They will go in my collection. They will be loved and cared for. They may or may not fly, but they'll they'll be admired. Cool stuff. Yeah. All right. So I'm done. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, tolerating me. <laughs> it's funny. You get the – for you, it's Astroflight Motors. It's for me, it's Cox Motors. It, <laughs> that, yeah. People are always giving me stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just got a, some some the other the other last month from uh, a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> he said, "Hey, I got some old Cox engines. You want them?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny how how they show up, and they literally made millions of them. But yes, yeah, tens of millions. But and I think you have half of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly, but yeah. So, Jason, I saw your question there. You said, can you send us a pic? Of course you can. This is a good reminder to everybody that you can email us at contact at rcroundtable.com. We'd love to hear your stories and comments and anything you'd like us to talk about or share. Please do. And uh, just so you guys know, Jason's a buddy of mine in my club up here in Green Bay. Well, then go knock on his door. (laughs) Have have Terry take a picture of it for you. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. Fitz, do you have a show and tell? Uh, just a minor one. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a fly-in, one of the local clubs here. It was a fly-in slash swap meet. And uh, I mean, wasn't really looking for anything, but I ended up coming home with this little guy. Uh, you can see him. Probably a little close. Yeah. That's a P-51, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, German P-51. Sorry, the camera's <laughs> kind of zoomed in. You know what it is? A TA-152? Exactly, TA-152. I think it's the flight line one, the motion cells. What's the difference and, uh, between a TA-152 and a FW-190-D9? Really long wings. Well, it, wasn't there a 190 variant that had long wings? Uh, yeah, it's called a TA-152. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's going to play um, that wave, Terry. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Um, uh, there may be some other differences. You know, it's high altitude, so I'm sure maybe they changed something yeah. with the engine. And maybe isn't that an inline engine? It is. It's an inline engine. You know, it looks like a radial. The the uh, D9s and the 152s had inline engines. I don't know, inverted V12s or whatever. And uh, I think this might have had maybe extra turbo superchargers or something in it to, for high altitude stuff. Yeah. And uh, I had seen our buddy Tom Blinkeny had one, and it flew like steak. It was really fast. And so when I saw this, and there was somebody I knew, and he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Uh, so I said, okay, yeah, I'll take it. You know, it's not very big, so it, at least it'll fit in the workshop. You said that's a flight line? Tracks. Oh, I, was like, I, didn't, I didn't screw the wings on. What's that? That's a flight line? Yeah, flight line. Okay, nice. George flight line one. It's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's got a bunch of hanger rash on it. It's a little, little beat up, but uh, it's okay. I can fly like I stole it. Not having Is it a belly flopper? No, it's got retracts. Oh, okay. They're, they're just retracted. Yeah, all right. It's got retracts and flaps, so it's pretty nice. Oh, you can see it. Yeah, My yeah. hands in the way. I'm gonna try this again. There you go. You can see the wheels and the flaps. 
Yeah, nice. uh, so pretty nice, and it'll fly on four cell. That's probably why it flies so fast. Have you flown it yet? I have not. I haven't even put a receiver. Oh, I came with a receiver, so I haven't even bound it or anything. I've been so busy with some other stuff. I've been working on uh, getting some planes ready, especially one that been trying to coordinate with Lee to have photographs. We've been sort of, you know, swapping uh, two ships passing the night. Yeah, two ships passing the night, really far away. Um, so nothing else. Um, I do have behind me is, is the laser cutter. I could, uh, uh, I could, you know, make a quick uh, engravement of something. Okay. See an operation. <laughs> Fifty minutes later. No, no, it actually does really fast. <laughs> Can you engrave a dirty limerick on an airplane? Uh, yes, but oh. no, I won't. Uh, but I was, I had downloaded or copied over our symbol. So I was like, hey, maybe I can grave our, our, uh, RC roundtable patch. I actually had something, had an idea as well. This is different than what we were talking about before. Um, I was in walking around, I think it was Hobby Lobby. And I found these little wooden coasters. Oh. And I thought, okay. hey, that would be neat if I could put the RC roundtable on the coaster. Yeah. And engrave it. With the laser, so yeah, that would be, be incredible. Cool. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so where'd you get that from? Uh, I believe your son made that. My for son you. made that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He engraved that in school. So, but uh, well, think- hey, Fitz, let me send you the most recent icon or logo. Yeah, send me a recent icon, and I'll experiment with putting on coasters, and maybe sure. this is something we could give away to listeners. Encourage drinking. Speaking of, are we doing the Fitz drinking game tonight? <laughs> That's great because we don't we'd have to drink once already, right? Uh, we, yeah, he did because I forgot the guy's name. Oh yeah, bottoms up. Oh, is that? Oh, That's the new drinking game. <clears throat> Every time Fitz says, and I just I, remembered, I forget it. his name, Kim. <laughs> does it, it doesn't mad? count. Does it, does it count? It you actually uh, said it, so that's the drinking game. Every time Fitz says, I forget his name. <laughs> Me and names. No, that's okay. We all have our own quirks. That one's yours. We love you, buddy. Was it you? Was it one of you guys I was telling? Uh, um, uh, guy, you know him. Jeff was asking me. Uh, we were talking about something at work, and I was telling him, oh, yeah, this, this, and that, and this, and that. And he goes, well, how do you remember all that stuff? I was like, because I don't remember names. I got that information. <laughs> I lost the name gene, but I lost, I got all the data gene. Yeah. Or what names would normally go is fleshed out in, in favor of, you know, useless data. Yeah. So to be fair, uh, one of the listeners wrote in and suggested that drinking game for us. Yeah. So thanks, John. Uh, it's perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> we intend to do that. And you know, Lee and I had a discussion yesterday, and somehow the topic of Shinerbach came up. I can get Shinerbach here in Wisconsin, as well as many other good local beers. But uh, when we plan a little better, I'll come to the recording session, Shinerbach in hand, ready for Fitz to screw it up with a name. Maybe, oh. yeah. And we had another version before where every time you say, but I digress. Oh, that's true. That is true. And I'm sure mine, I don't know what mine is. Somebody will have to tell me. I think I say so a lot, but. There you go. For those watching, what is the drinking game for Terry? (laughs) We each have to have one. Every time I say Astroflight. We have the drunkest fans. (laughs) (laughs) No, Scrap Pile's got us beat there. 
Okay. Uh, so no, no other show and tell. Fits. Mm, I picked up an old beat up Twin Star. A multiplex Twin Star. No. Oh. Is it Twin Star? Is it Twin Star? The old no, no. twin glow engine one from yeah. Oh, okay. Hobbyco had a twin star too. Yeah, yeah. Low one wing. for like two twenty. Yeah, somebody locally was. Uh, he basically just gave it away. He said, "Here, it needs some repair work." But I thought, "Hey, a nice little twin kind of." Kind With of engines? No engine, just an airframe. Okay. No. Are you going to make it electric? I don't know. I actually got it for somebody else, and it turns out they didn't need it. So now I have it. <laughs> I was I like, a, uh, okay. Well, I'll this word I'll need, I do not think it means what you think it means. Oh. Uh, well, anyways, but yeah, you know, I think that was one of my things. I was going to look around in my stash to see if I had a couple glow engines for it. I thought it might be just interesting for nostalgia's sake. They have a couple flight with a couple glow engines just for giggles. Yeah. Didn't they uh, make a smaller electric version too? They did, yes. I have one. Yeah. Oh, do you? I almost. Almost got it too at one point, but I, I don't know, got distracted or something. But yeah, that that was one of my nice buys. You know, when I had those lucky lots on estate sales, but I think I hmm. got that one with motors for fifty bucks. Oh uh, wow! I didn't fly. I haven't flown it yet. It's new in box. Oh, really? oh, new in box. Wow. What are you waiting for, big guy? Uh, a lot of other things to get done. <laughs> Spe- <laughs> speaking of things to get done, because I'm gonna say I'm gonna use that segue moment for me. Go ahead. Um, what you got? I, although I have a lot of other Mr. planes to work on, uh, and I my my buddies know this, but I have finished 3D printing all the parts for the new 337. Is this bigger than the other one? This, yeah. So I'm sorry. Is it bigger? It looks bigger. No, it's the same size. Oh, Just okay. it's version two that has rudders. And a All couple right. other uh, changes, such as this new floor that he has for uh, reinforcement. Didn't have one before. Okay. And the new the wings, the wing tips will be blue. The fuselage mm-hmm. will be white. But I have finished printing everything. And it, at first I was struggling. Some of you may have heard me talk about it with my 3D printer. I have a love-hate relationship. So my, the way I tell people is that I'll never be able to be 100% satisfied because I just don't think I can get there with all the variety of I know, settings. But, uh, hey, I also printed my little octopus. Have you ever done one of these fits? No. <laughs> is, that, is that all in one piece? Right? So this is it's all one piece. This is Pet G. So it didn't string too much. Uh, it did, but it's pretty good. But, hey, look, it's it's not bad, right? <laughs> so, it looks good. It's all flippy yeah, floppy. It's all functional. And oh, so uh, it prints as one piece. Yeah, yeah this up. prints this little octopus you can get on Thingiverse is huh. one little one little thing. Uh, Austin must have twenty of these in his room <laughs> in different colors. <laughs> Not to mention like fifty. Uh, what do you call the boats? I'm sorry. Why have I completely gone? What's the boat called? Oh, the, um, yeah, um, not blinky, stinky. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm um, completely. I'm like, but he's got tons of those. Um, but it's printing really well. So this is my FL Sun Delta printer. And again, I've... Benchy. Fu- Benchy. Benchy. 3D Benchy. Yeah. Um, the, the results are adequate. And as as far as how well it printed my last 337, just as good. I've, I'm now using PLA Plus versus PLA, which is the first one was made out of. And this stuff does seem to print a little bit better. Uh, the stringing is still an issue, but I, you know, it's... Again, it, I'm, I'm going to be able to live with it. It's not a high-end printer. But... Like I said, that's done. I'm very happy to have that added to my collection of planes to work on. I have several that are sitting there begging me to 
do other work. For example, I've got my Seagull P47 that I've taken the measurements to 3D print a removable battery tray. And that'll make flying that plane a lot more fun because it is an awkward setup. It's glow or gas, but the electric uh, setup is not that good. But the good news is the fuselage layout, the structure they have in the plane already acts as a great base. So I don't have to make anything else to support the tray, which is great. So it yeah. should go quick, pretty quickly as long as I can get everything to line up. And so, and I got a lot of their planes to repair parts that I needed. So yada, yada, but that's, that's show and tell. Number one is the three, seven, the, the, that's so I, fast. hold on, hold on, time out. One. So, as I recall, it's been a while since you did your first 337, and you had some tweaks to incorporate. If I remember right, you wanted a bigger vertical stab or stabs. Is, did that yes. change any, or is it the same? I, I think they are, in fact, a little bigger, but now okay. there are active rudders. Okay, so double whammy. Yeah, so now you have working rudders. Okay, and you might have said this, but you're scavenging the parts from serial number one to put in mm -hmm. serial number two. All right, cool. Oh, and Fitz might like this. The designer of this plane is using TPU for flexible hinges. Oh, that's interesting. He's made these little ovals, you know, yeah. that, and Austin's helping me. In fact, I sent him the STLs. Hopefully he'll bring them back for Thanksgiving. Uh, but he, he actually created slots in the fins and rudders for TPU hinges. Oh, I'll neat. give it a try. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, you may proceed. Oh, so that's a work in progress. It'll be for a while. But uh, this is the part Fitz doesn't know about. Uh, we have a great friend, Fitz. We have the best friend in the whole wide world. Look what my buddy Terry got me. Oh, half a starter. And it is in impeccable shape. So oh, fantastic. those of you who have been was... following... Was that what the stash you got from the guy? That was in the stash I talked about before. I was digging through stuff and I saw that and I squealed eek, and I put Lee. it in the box to Lee the next day. He did. And it's a huge look at yeah, Fitz. Yeah, join the club. Yeah, astral fly, right? Yeah, it was yes. Yeah, I mean you had yours at Joe Nall, and I didn't have yeah. one. So we used yours all the time. And yeah, these uh, things are a beast. I'm publicly gonna announce Terry, you're an awesome dude, man. Thanks, man. I do not deserve your friendship. Yeah, so that's an Astroflight starter for half A engines. Yep. And it runs off of 12 volts? 12 volts. Yeah. That one had plugs for a flight box. So assuming you run a 12 volts. There. I'll put a Deans uh, on there, throw yeah. a LiPo. I just have alligator clips on mine that fits on batteries. But yeah, just, uh, these are the lifesaver sometimes, those pesky 049s that don't want to. Oh, we certainly <laughs> needed it at Joe Nall. I mean, yeah. we were struggling with some of our engines. But uh, yeah, so thanks, Terry. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you like uh, me. You really like me. <laughs> I, was oh, I haven't got the bill yet, so maybe he doesn't like me. There's no bill. <laughs> There's no bill. But yeah, I mean, was, I mean, just today, if I for those of you watching, like that's been really nice. Terry's, you know, found a helicopter for Fitz and a starter for me because he remembered. Yep. I don't. I don't know the last time I did anything for you, Terry. Oh, please. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw this comment. Lee, but uh, Jason said he sent something to our, I oh. assume it's Facebook. So see if you can dig that up. I will do that. Uh... <laughs> it's a virus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. First, I have to go through all the spam that we get. So 
Do we get spam in there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we transfer file, revised invoice, expire seven day. <laughs> yes. View email in sure. browser. <laughs> so yeah, it's Don't crazy. Pay stuff. full price for your blue pills. All right. Um, um, all right. So are we ready for the next topic? Or are you guys still dwelling on yours? Uh, no, that was really all my show and tell. I do have other stuff to talk about, but, uh, you know, what else do you got? Why is Fitz holding the toilet? So I don't know if I ever showed you this, guys. I, I found this on Thingiverse, and I modified it. And uh, it's you're probably wondering, why do I have a toilet? 3D printed toilet? Yeah. 3D printed toilet. 3D printed, yep. And I added, I don't know if you can read that. <laughs> Lulut? Okay. Yes. So when I have the boat float, because I have to reserve and pay for the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> so this is the donation box <laughs> for people to use. <laughs> that, do you get it, Terry? That is so funny. Wait, you That's have to pay it. to use the bathroom there? To reserve yes. it. The yeah. parks changed. They used to be open and free, but now they're locked. And so I have to actually <laughs> go online and fill out a form and reserve it for that day. And pay money for them to unlock the rest the restrooms. <laughs> and so I said, well, you know, I asked for some donations from the people that come for the for the event, and, uh, and to their credit, they've been really good. They've been giving more money than I needed, and uh, and so I printed out. <laughs> I actually it was smaller. I scaled it up, and then I used um, the software that my bamboo printer comes with. It has a nice little thing I can add text to three D prints real easy, yeah. and use different colors. So it is actually a different color. So when it printed it out, it automatically changed. I didn't. I probably should use something more contrasting, but it just whatever I had loaded. Yeah. Uh, and so you just you show the money in there, and you can pull it out, open it up, and pull the money out. It's kind of clunky, but I thought it was kind of. Uh, that's clever. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to see Mike's comment? Fitz, look on the screen. Uh, I want you guys flew half a. Oh no no. no uh, Try Skyrim. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the right scale for a Sky Raider. Pretty close to it. Yeah, Didn't uh, cool. Chris Wolf do that with a Sky Raider? Didn't he? Did yeah, he I, I, it was, he did. yeah. Drop. Yeah. So for those who don't know, that was that off uh, Navy Sky Raider. Sometime in Vietnam, they put a a toilet on a Sky Raider and dropped it on unsuspecting yeah. Vietnamese <laughs> position for reasons, I guess. Yeah, for reasons. Because why not? Um. That would make an interesting trophy, like a booby prize. Oh, worst flight or something? Yeah. Something. yeah. <laughs> worst flight that wasn't a crash? Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. Maybe um, our next Warbird fly-in that we have in our club. Maybe I'll maybe we'll have that toilet. Yeah, I, I talked to Mike about that. <laughs> uh, Jason, yeah, good idea. I'm going to interrupt real quick. Jason, I do not see your email. So I don't know if... Not an email, but a Facebook comment. Oh, or... I thought you said it went to email. Uh, no, oh, you me. said it. Ah, gotcha. All right. Misunderstood. Yeah. All right. So what's next? Do you, do you have something? I do, but I want to make sure I'm not uh, taking all the time from you guys. I think well, I'm uh, all tapped out. I don't think I can think of anything else. Well, if I can, I'd like to do the questionnaire. Well, we've got people before it gets too late and people start back you know, going. To oh, sleep. right, right. 
questionnaire. Okay? Not my German Shepherd quizzical look questionnaire. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. All right. So here we go. For those of you who stayed in, I'm going to prepare you real quick. This was a question on a test my son had to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am I am I'm going to ask that when you see this, we're gonna we're gonna pause for a little bit. When you see the question, I want you to you know, pick number one, two, three, or four. There's top to bottom, one, two, three, or four option, okay? And I just want you to put the number in. Don't say why. Don't give an excuse. Just put the number in. It's okay. We're all friends here because we're going to talk about it afterwards. But here we go. Here's the question. Can they win a toilet if they get it right? They can, Fitz will print you a loot loot toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should describe what this is in case some people are listening. Okay. And not watching. So there's a picture of a, what is that? It's like a Eurofighter. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So you're a fighter doing a knife edge. And the question is, where is the aircraft's center of gravity? And there are four answers. Inside the cockpit, between the wings, at the tail, inside the fuselage. And now we need the little... Dun, 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 dun. If you're not familiar with the Eurofighter, it's a Delta Wing canard design. Kind of like a Raphael and uh, one of the Swedish planes. Big and rocket, whatever. Yeah. Now, while we're while you guys are looking and debating and thinking, okay, what's the right answer? There is there is some drama here, but I have asked maybe six, seven other people <laughs> on purpose, mind you, <laughs> and and I love Fitz <laughs> calling Fitz and Fitz goes, I'm going to ask a coworker. <laughs> <laughs> I assume between the wings, I mean between the big wing and the canard. See, I don't the. Even the answers are ambiguous. Yeah. Well, there's a majority. Yeah. The the good news is, I'm, and I'm looking at the answers right now, guys, and I know y'all are dying to like talk and expression. I'm supposed to say much else, but the good news is like everything I'm seeing is right. <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> it's like it really does. Yeah. All right. So we ra- should we wrap it up now? Yes. Okay. So I, 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 I am I am shocked at those of you who are pushing for. You're just wrong. <laughs> I was, I was All right. So the the answer in the test was number four, inside the fuselage. But my son said it's between the wings because he said, Dad, every time we check the CG, we're checking the wing, the CG on the wing. We don't base it on holding the fuselage. And I said, you're absolutely right, son. And the answer that I'm going to share, and then I'll start letting look at everybody's uh, comments here. Is that we have talked about this, and we all agree it's it's either two or four. There are two right answers. I, I protest against the whole question. I think it can be <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible so question better. because I immediately showed a picture of the parallax to Ryan, and I said, "Where's the center of gravity on this airplane?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, the because way, every, go ahead. Well, it just is absolutely right. This is a poorly worded and diagrammed question. Every aircraft's different. And it just makes no sense showing a, a plane like in a knife edge saying, where's its center of gravity? Yeah. And, it, and um, it also says, what is the aircraft, not what is this aircraft? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't demonstrate knowledge of it absolutely how to find doesn't. So I'm just letting you know, guys. I mean, and, and by the way, if you are a hard four, if you say, oh, it's absolutely it's on the fuselage, start putting your comments there. I'm going to have a great time reading y'all's comments and just having fun with this. But for me, my initial act, reaction has always been between the wings based on where do you find it like how are you measuring it on the other hand you always try to center or you know find the the balance point how's that 
you know, when you're doing it laterally as well? <laughs> Rex beat me to the punch. I was about to ask <laughs> if this is a, on the FAA trust test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm done re-yammering. I, I told him I think Between the Wings was our right answer, and I'm ready to go at his teacher to say you've got to give him credit, but continue. What do you think, Fitz? Do you want to add to your comments? Well, you know, I asked my friend, I don't know if you want to know what he says. I think I already told you kind of what he said. Um, and I'm wondering, and when we say CG, sometimes we're conflating center of lift versus actual center of gravity. Right. Uh, and, and there's a sort of, what do they call it? I'm not an aerospace person. I only talk to some. And there's a, not a margin, but there's sort of a offset from the, the center of lift. Mar- you get to that's start. the static that, margin, right? Yeah, that's static margin, right. So... So we were probably, so we see that we think, oh, well, where's the, you know, center lift in relationship to the center of gravity and, and static margin. And, but the center of gravity also can be in different orientations, right? So, um, <laughs> well, like uh, I said, yeah. I'm sending Ryan to school with a picture of the parallax and say, point to yeah. me on the fuselage, the center of gravity. <laughs> right. And actually send a picture of the original one that had the single canard on the front. It really blew yeah. his mind. Yeah. So, I still got that if you need a picture. So, uh, you know, my first question is, is this something they studied? Maybe they had talked about this in class, and so maybe you should know what they were talking about? No, I mean, still, this is a very confusing question, but his is oh. ROTC class, and it's an Air Force question. <laughs> and I'm like, that's baloney. Uh, it's a, ter- it's a <laughs> very poorly, what color is this plane? And then, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, I'm sorry, it's soft silver. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and it is kind of a weird question because, it, you know, are you talking about this aircraft or all aircraft? And not all aircraft have the center of gravity inside the fuselage because what if it doesn't have a fuselage? Or, you know, what is it? You know, yeah, what like if it's a, a flying parallax yeah. Or BV-141? Or maybe it's uh, there's something, there's some odd configurations. Well, uh, or, or like the straddle launcher, you know. Okay, so for those of you that entered four inside the fuselage, could you give me a brief description you know, in a couple of words, why it should only be four. Maybe that's so I can understand that better. How's that? So do you want and to I'm looking the... at Terry going, Terry's like, do you really want to ask that question, Lee? Yeah. <laughs> did, did you want to say what, what was supposed to be the correct answer? Right? Inside the fuselage what... is what they said it was. Yes. Inside the fuselage was, so whoever said four, that's what the correct answer was supposed to be, according to this, uh, whoever gave the, gave the test. But see, I called Austin, and he's got a guy in his class who's an, aer- an aerodynamic science. So he's yeah. aero aerospace science major. So he's a pilot. And therefore, he said, it's going to be two or four. So he was confused as well. So, so you know, the person, the friend I ask has a master's degree in aerospace engineering. And he also said, yeah, both, he could see both two and four being correct answers. He said four made sense. You know, it's it's sort of given that it's going to be inside the fuselage, at least for that plane shown. But uh, uh, he certainly understood you know, how you could choose two because, you know, as well for that, for that configuration of aircraft. Well, just further evidence that it's a oh, poorly yeah. presented question. Yeah. So Lee, I've got a picture of the original parallax to, to share. <laughs> yeah, some of the uh, comments are pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, and I, my, thank you guys for participating. It's, it's, but I just love that my son texted me. He goes, "Dad, I got this wrong." I was like, "I'm fighting for you, son." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, we should start a letter writing campaign. 
Yeah. So Nathan, absolutely. I think it was very poorly questioned. And that, that is my argument mainly. I was like, you really need to know a better way to ask this question. It should have been a diagram. You know, it should have been like a preview or something. I don't know. All right. You ready for me to share the parallax? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Did it come up? Yep. Okay. So there, that's the original it. prototype parallax. I had a single yep. canard and then the next version had the standard tail. Yeah. I'll now, say Fitch, in- you still have one of those too, don't you? I do, yes. Yeah. It got damaged in the garage accident, but I still have it. Yeah, I've still got mine. I haven't flown it in a while. I should get it going. I I will give him that photo. I'll thank you. Email that to me so I can yeah. send it to him. And then he'll get kicked out of ROTC for arguing yeah. with the sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was fine. That was okay. Yeah. So it's your turn, Terry. Thank you for sharing, uh, letting me share that with you guys. Yeah. Okay, um, this is some full-scale um, content here. I went last week to visit family in Denver, and during my stay, we made a little day trip down to Colorado Springs and visited the National Museum of World War II Aviation. And it is a obviously an aviation museum, but all the stuff in there is airworthy. So it's not huge. I think it's five hangars out at this airport. But they've got a lot of neat stuff, and all of it flies, including Lee, a P-38. But you knew that because you've been there before, right? White 33, which was a P-38. Where did they find it? Rabal, somewhere out in the Southwest Pacific. Uh, New Zealand, I'm pretty sure. Was it in New Zealand? Wasn't it dug up from, they buried these P-38s. Yeah, from what I understand, it was an early model P-38, and then once the new model started coming in, they cannibalized this one for parts, and then at some point, they you know, it wasn't airworthy, so when they left that position, they just bulldozed it with some other stuff. But it was dug up along with the P-47, and I don't know what else, and it's airworthy. It's pretty, too. When I went there, it was undergoing annuals, so all the cowlings were off and the gun bay doors were off, um, but still, it's very pretty. All the airplanes in there were immaculate. They had a Corsair in there that looked like it was fresh out of the factory. Not a smudge on it, no grease stains, no anything. It was crazy. Um, But yeah, lots of neat stuff. They say they fly everything in there. Yeah, I took a lot of pictures of folding wings. So there's a post on Facebook and Instagram to see if people can identify the planes. There's the P-38. Um, almost within minutes of me posting that, all the right answers were up there. See, I thought that was interesting. That's a Canon manufactured by Oldsmobile. Huh. And anybody know what airplane that's in? 20-millimeter okay. Canon. P-38? Nope. Yeah. Um, B twenty five. Nope. A wasn't there eight something A twenty six or something in there. Uh, I don't remember one of those. It, I'll I'll give it away. It's the Sky Raider. So the Sky Raider has ah. the folding wings. That's just inside the wing joint. So that's a P forty seven. I think yeah, that's the one they, Yep, I think they dug that up with the P thirty eight. That's fine. The P forty seven had twenty millimeter in it. No, no. So this the cannon was from a Sky Raider. Okay, okay. And then we transitioned. Yes. Okay, okay. A P-47 that that got dug up. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Yeah. And I don't think I have a picture of it, but it's interesting. They had uh, a display set up in one of the other buildings from a P-47. They've got the 
the R2800 engine on the front, and then as if it were installed in the fuselage, the whole supercharger system laid out. So it's got the intake ducting and then all the way back to where the supercharger is and then the return ducting. It's a big system. It's no wonder that the P47 ended up so big with all of that stuff. But yeah, it's got a lot of stuff in there, the plumbing and stuff. Yeah, it's neat to see. It's mostly just big ducts, but yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool to see how all that works together. Anyway, a lot of neat stuff there. They had a great simulator. They have a an N3N, Naval Aircraft Factory. It looks a lot like a Stearman, but it's an N3N, and they had a simulator set up in it, and this airplane is uncovered, so it's just bare structure, but you sit in the cockpit, and then they've got a screen in front of you, and they've got it set up so that you're flying that airplane, and hmm. for, I think, five bucks, you go for a simulator ride, flying that thing around, using the actual controls and the rudder pedals and stuff. Oh, neat. So, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Fitz flying the uh, the right flyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Flying. (laughs) Fitz's hips were jiving left to right, man. He was... (laughs) Yeah. More like you give it suggestions and hope it follows through. Right. So they were saying that they fly everything in there except for there's a Waco biplane that was once flown by Lindbergh or had been flown by Lindbergh before. They said it's actually airworthy, but everybody's afraid they're going to bend it if they fly it. So nobody actually uh, flies it. But all the other stuff that's in there <clears throat> gets flown periodically and all sorts of stuff. Uh, a couple Corsairs. Uh, was it a couple Skyraiders? At least one Skyraider, the P-38, uh, a Catalina. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony just pointed out back in the restoration facility, they're working on a Helldiver. And that one was pretty interesting. I'll tell a quick story about it. It went through its service life. Then at some point it got decommissioned and was still in the Navy, but they were using it for fire training. So they would set it on fire and teach people how to put it out. And then they got done with that and they dumped it in a lake. Maybe it was one of the Great Lakes. I don't remember. Um, And then two young scavengers they went diving for it, put airbags on it, and brought it back up. And then after they had it and put it in their garage, the Navy said, hey, that's ours. We want it back. And they took the Navy to court and won. The court said, you set it on fire a hundred times and dumped it in the lake. You you gave up your rights (laughs) for this airplane. It caught fire, fell over, and sank into the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I think they ended up selling it to whoever is restoring it now. And that was years ago. But yeah, they, they've got that thing getting ready. So there'll be a hell diver. I think they said within six months, it should be airworthy. And they had the plans hanging up on the wow. wall of the wings. And yeah, oh, it's, it's a neat place. So there's a propeller shop there where apparently a world-renowned propeller guru works. And so people from all over send their propellers there to get um, worked on, balanced, repaired, whatever. Out in front, they had a propeller from a wildcat that had uh, gone through a wheels-up landing. Um, yeah, it's lots of neat stuff. Um, I could tell you more about it, but just go out there. The World War II Muse- National Museum of World War II Aviation, something like that. Colorado Springs, it's worth an afternoon. We were there for probably three hours, and that was just about right. There's lots of signs, and we like to read signs, but um, it's not huge. But you can get through it in a few hours and see Every airplane has drip pans underneath it to catch the oil. Hmm. 
I assume they have days where they fly stuff or at least take it out and run it. That would be a good day to go. But uh, that didn't happen the day we were there. So that would be neat, yeah, like a run-up day. You know, Lone Star does that. They pull a lot of planes out on the weekend and mm. run them up. Oh, it was interesting. One of the first planes I saw was a Boeing F3F, so the biplane precursor to the Wildcat. And it's one of those there? Yeah. Really? And there's no velvet rope around it. So I was able to walk up to the cockpit and look inside. You can see the crank for the landing gear up there. And it's, you can see all the mechanism for it. And yeah, very cool. So, well, hello, Tony. Thanks for joining us while you could. Hi and bye. We'll probably wrap things up anyway. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I think we're going on an hour and a half here plus. So, oh, and real quick, Jason, I got your photo. There it is. So, so that's the first is, jet. It's Wait, a that's a pulse, pulse jet. That's a it's pulse, a pulse jet. jet. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh is that one of the uh balsa US no. What is that plane? Oh, Jason, tell us. <laughs> Pretty snazzy <laughs> though. Look at that. Yeah. But you could hear it a mile away too, come Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, good. The trim scheme on that is great. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Nice. It looks awesome. Tell so for those listeners, he needs evil Knievel on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very evil Knievel look to it. <laughs> so for that's those awful. listening, this is a, a Delta with a pulse jet on top. The, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Made in the wow. '60s, Jason says. Very cool. All right, what else we have? Let me look at the list real quick. Make sure we're not forgetting anything. Well, while you're doing that list, I'll just remind our listeners of some events that happen. Around our neck of the woods, and Fitz is usually there too. We've got an event coming up in February, so you got to mark your calendars now. It's the uh, Northwest RC Swap Meet. It's also going to be a Warbird Fun Fly. So oh, really? come on down, bring oh. stuff to sell. That's my tiger cat, by the way, in that photo. Hey, that's a good looking flyer, Lee. The oh, thank you. Nice and yeah, clean. Like yeah, thank nice you. I appreciate basic. that. Yeah, made made some changes from the mm -hmm. stock one. It could use some more Comic Sans font, but that, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just took I took the text and made it anyway. Yeah, we can always I can always make improvements. I I don't claim to be a graphics designer, but uh, come come and hang out with us. It's always a fun event. Some always good deals to be made there. Uh, I know I've I've gotten a couple of planes, you know, cheap out there. So some people are just waiting to give stuff away. But again, it's also a fun fly. So come out. It's. Uh, $5 to come out for the swap meet. And if you want to fly, it's a $20 pilot fee. But we have food out there. I'm trying to see if I can get my son's uh, scout troop to come out and uh, do some assistance, maybe do a flag ceremony and help us with food. And uh, anyway, there you go. Put it on your calendar, February 24th, <laughs> Northwest RC. Phil corrected your geography. <laughs> All right. Northwest Houston RC. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, Phil. <laughs> yeah. All right. Northwest Houston and Southeast Houston might as well be in two different countries. <laughs> and honestly, with the size of Houston today, it's actually West Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everything's moved north. So we're way, way West out. now, but yeah. come hang out with us. Fitz will, Fitz will be there. Yeah. Come see, come see Fitz. Before long, Houston <laughs> and Dallas are going to merge together. No, don't, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Those fighting words. All the Californians keep coming out to join you. Did you say you had something else, Terry? Um, well, not for me, but Fitz went to some electric event where he was drag racing oh, Tesla. Yeah. 
Do you want to touch oh, on that? I can touch is, on it briefly. Is it on your Hobby View channel? No. I didn't make any videos or anything of it. I just okay. it was just a fun time out. Uh, sorry, I should upload any pictures, but yeah, I, you know, I have an interest in electric cars and vehicles. I really wanted. I went there for kind of a specific. I'd never been there before, and I wanted to see if they had certain things uh, that I really wanted to see. So in Austin, Texas, at the Circuit of Americas, if I remember how it's correct, it's a big racetrack. I had been there once before to watch a Formula One race. And it was neat to see. I was completely confused about what was going on, but cars go fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this pop up, and I said, hey, this sounds kind of interesting. Maybe I'll go take a day trip. And so I ended up, I actually had a, a companion, somebody from a, 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 from the Makerspace Club I belonged to, decided to tag along with me, and because uh, he was also curious about some stuff. And it was actually kind of a neat event. Uh, it was, they had a lot of companies manufacturers were there and what they were doing is they'll let you drive their cars and so you had basically almost all the major companies and some minor ones so you had ford was there tesla was there rivian was there bmw volvo um uh, toyota and uh polestar and a few others were there volkswagen and and so you could go up to the Normally, where they have like the race cars are parked in the little garages and stuff, you go up to that section and you stand and you, you say, Hey, I want to drive the, the, the Lexus and electric car or whatever. And so they go and you, you queue up, and depending on which car you had, you either waited an hour and a half or you waited <laughs> 30 minutes. Uh, so, and I said, Well, you know, uh, we need to drive around the racetrack. So I said, ah, I'll just pick. I, we happen to be talking to Tesla people. So, oh, let me try the Tesla Model X just for giggles. I'd never been, never driven a, the big SUV version of the Tesla, and I thought it'd be kind of fun. And uh, a couple of cool things about it is um, it was, A, on the racetrack. They limited your speed. They kept warning you, say, hey, you're, you're limited to about 60 miles an hour. If you go above that, the car will start beeping at you. And if you keep doing that, we're going to, you know, rip the steering wheel out of your hand and <laughs> <laughs> creep back to the thing. Um, and the, the, the particular Tesla we had had didn't have the normal steering wheel. It had the, the airplane yoke looking thing, <laughs> which was really cool. So, oh yeah, I've got a yoke. All right, let's try this sucker out. I want, I want the kit car steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Night Rider. I'm driving Night Rider. <laughs> hey, to do self driving. Um, and despite the speed limit, it was a lot of fun because we got to run one lap around the track and go around some hairpin turns. And of course, being a Tesla. You know, as soon as you go around the turn, you step on the gas and you're, you know, zero to 60 in, you know, a couple seconds. And, and that, at, the Model X actually handled a lot better than I thought it would, being kind of larger. That sucker can corner pretty good. And, uh, and that's how I had a couple of pictures in the driveway and the guy, they had a, you know, one of the company employees in the passenger seat and he was like, Oh yeah, and here's a turn coming up and do this. And he was real cool about it. And, um, and it was a bunch of other cars. I didn't do any other cars. I just feel like waiting, but I did do the motorcycle. There's a company called Livewire that makes electric motorcycles and they had a much shorter line and i said hey i got my motorcycle license let me give this shot thing a try and that didn't go on the racetrack unfortunately but they went on sort of around the, the park and then on one of the main streets and it came back and if you think the teslas are fast the motorcycles are, are easily just as fast if not faster and you're just you on the bike and there's not much around you and it was one point we had pulled we were driving around the park, and there's a section where there's a main road outside of the Was park. the company rep in the back with his arms around you? There was, no, there was. we had to follow the guy. There was, there was like 
it was like a pot of us. So there's a company rep and a main and lead. There's like two or three it. of us. Well, this was funny because as soon as we, we go up and we're waiting for the traffic to clear, and he goes out onto the main road, and he was gone. <laughs> he was like, like, and so, and I hadn't really ridden a bike for a while. So I've been a little tepid, but he was like, just, so I just, just hauled on the thing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to die. I want to die. I want to die. So I'm trying to catch up to this guy because he was he was trying to show off the power in these things. And I'm kind of peeking in the rear mirror to see where the other guys were because I was just I was like the number one position behind the lead. And I kind of I caught up to him eventually, and he was he was booking pretty quick. Yeah. So no speed limiters on those suckers. <laughs> Do you have to change gears? No, nope, one, one speed? speed. Yeah, they're all one speed. Uh, one of the companies was experimenting with gear changes. Um, on their bikes, but yeah, these were just you know you just get on, you got your your brake, and you get your two brakes, and that's it. And they had different modes. I was I was driving, I was playing around. It's got like wet mode and, and eco mode, and 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 oh my god, I'm going to die mode. You know, <laughs> um, so they're pretty neat, and it's got the you know, displays to the charge. Uh, so it was just a fun event, and we walked around um, uh, some new vehicles I hadn't seen before. Uh, Volkswagen had a new van, electric one. They had some of the plug-in hybrids. I saw my version. I saw the. I got to finally sit and touch and caress the 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 top trim version of the car I drive. I drive a the uh, Rav4 Prime, which is a plug-in hybrid. But mine's sort of the mid-range version, and they had uh, the extra super super wonderful one with the new display, the new 24, 23 models, and so it was kind of neat to sit in that. Um, I could have driven it, but I didn't want to. Uh, but also, what was neat was they were showing up. People were there with conversions, and so. Um, you can take an old car. You would like this, Terry. He had some really old um, uh, muscle cars and all kinds of stuff that were converted to electric. <laughs> Excuse me. And some really nice jobs they did. Uh, I, sh- I sent a picture to you, Lee. I don't know if you saw it. You didn't hear back from me, but they had a Volkswagen. I don't know what year it was that was converted. Uh, Beetle, Volkswagen Beetle from whatever, 60s, 70s. Uh, Subaru Brat, a pickup truck, muscle cars. I think a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, I think it was, and it was a company that was selling a kit. And it was just a, uh, it was you can buy from them the motor, and the battery pack, and uh, uh, the controllers, and all kinds of stuff. And, and I was talking to him. And Fifteen thousand dollars later. Uh, <laughs> more than that. How would be the shipping? I'm just talking about it for a Beetle. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because I told yeah. him one of the guys, I said, hey, well, I've got a project car. I'm kind of really looking at converting goes hey yeah we did that same car uh we actually have a package to do that because we did a car we have all the stuff and said, well that's kind of neat and of course you know when I, later on when i looked at the price like <laughs> you're talking about the delorean yeah yeah convert? he actually showed me some pictures like yeah we did some guy's delorean he's going to do another one and, and we have all of he has money to burn <laughs> yeah the guy was like yeah he's like a brain surgeon i was like okay yeah <laughs> he's got plenty of brain to, money to burn yeah. uh but it was neat, it's fascinating to see what people are doing to old, older cars to convert them into electric stuff. To, uh, you know, if they don't want to play with the old cantankerous engines or something, you know, you know. Right. Certain cars, of course, it may be sacrilege to do that with. But uh, yeah, yeah, I always thought it would be kind of fun to convert like a. I like old Chrysler Mopars, um, yeah. like a the A body, like a Dart, and which is a fairly light car. But yeah, I wonder how it would be accepted by people because it's not. You know, burning dinosaurs and making a lot of noise. Yeah, that's but, true. And yeah, uh, I wonder about that too. I mean, but, um, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's your car, you can do what you want with it, but right, maybe it's a, it's a popular car. 
but yeah, yeah somebody did like some rare jaguar and and <laughs> people were like that's fighting words to do that to a jaguar oh speaking of that um ford had a i don't know if it was a prototype it was a one-off definitely they said it was the only one they had and i'm not sure what their plans was but they made a, a high-powered race car of some sort based off of their um uh what do they call it the lightning electric car okay and i'm pretty sure i heard the guy say that it had seven motors in it and it definitely had 1400 horsepower Ooh. and they were given demonstrations of it they had this roped off area and uh, every hour or something like that they pull this thing out and it was just continuous burnouts with this thing <laughs> <laughs> it's so much that you would you couldn't see it from all the smoke and later in the day, they had they were raffling off rides in it. And so later in the day, they were giving people rides. They they crammed two or three people inside of it, and they do this burnout and zip around the track and all that for about thirty seconds or so. And then they'd throw them out and throw some other people in there. It was really impressive to see, but it was weird because you said the noise, right? You were talking about it was weird to see a car doing all this burnout and stuff and be almost completely quiet except for the tire noise. Right. It was surreal. It's like. I was expecting an engine noise as he's doing all this stuff, but all you hear is just the tires going. You don't hear the engine noise. It was weird. Right. Well, that was my perception when I rode in a Tesla. I rode in a, a Model Y a while ago. And like you said, you step on the gas and your head is pinned to the headrest. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's but crazy. that's it. There's if And if you're going in a straight line, there's no tire noise. There's no engine noise. It's just... You in the air whooshing over the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. It, it's, yeah, it's weird. So and I actually watched a movie recently. It had uh, Vince Vaughn and Kevin James. And the premise of it were these two guys had a business where I forget how it all came up, but the, like uh, there were Chrysler Challengers, but they were electric powered. But the, the whole gimmick of what they were working on was they had to create a sound system that made it sound like it had a regular combustion <laughs> engine where nobody was going to buy it. Like people, uh, want, they still want the sound, even though they want the benefits of electric too. There's a so, BMW like that. I think, I think the yeah. I8 or something has, has fake engine sounds or something like that. Yeah. Which is kind uh, of a neat concept. You, know, you could turn it off or whatever, but that's true. Yeah. I, I toy with that idea every now and then I've got my old Chrysler, which has a, a gas guzzling engine in it. It's fun to take around, but yeah, there's always something leaking, something to fix, something ready to break. So yeah, it, it, I, it's, I assume it's like our models, though. People think electric airplanes are super easy, but you're just trading one set of problems for another. Eventually, you get true. to the point where you're so familiar with one or the other or both that it's not a big deal. But I wonder yeah. if electric cars would be that way if you're just trading a different set of problems. Well, I mean, the batteries wear out eventually. I guess is one thing. And- Hopefully it doesn't catch fire for, for, for some reason. <laughs> right. <That's a> <laughs> it does. It goes. Um, but well, I was thinking at least for the, for the, <laughs> I saw that, uh, for the, for the DeLorean, it's known for having a pretty crappy engine that's mm-hmm. kind of cantankerous and weak. So all electric conversions are always at least, you know, 50% more power, if not twice the power. So, hmm. um, but just to wrap it up, since we're, you know, mainly our airplane guys, there is an electric, um, vehicle club organization here in houston and i i, I kind of in their orbit i can't go to their meetings because it's the same night as our rc club night and since i'm an officer i gotta you know go to that um, but one they do post their meetings online they have a youtube 
page. And one night there was a gentleman that was giving a speech on electric powered aircraft, full scale mm-hmm. aircraft. Yeah, I think he owns one, like a powered glider, if I remember correctly. And so he was talking about the uh, um, issues and, and advantages of flying an electric powered aircraft. That, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's I know it's a big push. I think especially in Europe, they're trying to push electric powered aircraft. Uh, for, they demonstrated one at Oshkosh. That's right. We saw it. Yes. Again, you just see this thing flying. It's really quiet. You can hear a little bit of a prop noise, and that's about it. It's kind yeah. of weird to see that. Uh, but yeah, and I think they were from Europe. Pipistrel, right? Yeah, Pipistrel, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's companies here in the States. There's uh, some conversions of um, beavers over in Washington State, I heard. Hey, hey, hey it's a family show. <laughs> Maybe that should be the, that's Terry's drinking game. Whenever he makes a, a rather blue uh, joke, we take a drink. <laughs> possible deniability there. Yeah. So, anyways. So yeah, it was a lot of fun there. That was a neat event. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll go next year or not, but it was cool. If you ever, they apparently Austin's not the only place they have these. They have them around the country. So if you're at least partially interested in an electric vehicle or just want to drive one, I recommend checking it out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they also had a bunch of bicycles there, electric bicycles and scooters that were let, let you try out, and foldable electric skateboards and all kinds of stuff. So it was just a neat neat event just to kind of hang around. Cool. Do they have orthopedists standing by for all the broken wrists and collarbones? <laughs> uh, we did have to sign a waiver, of, uh, one or two waivers to do before we did all that. So yeah, you take your, you, you pay your money, you take your chances. Yeah. So all right, I know Lee's having twitches because we're pushing two hours now, and we do digress. So yeah, but yeah. that was the pivotal. Yeah. Yeah, we saw them. And there was one that on is the really ground cool. too. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to point this out because this is something I've had Austin look at. They had one by the museum. And if you guys look into that, this is this is cool technology. The one complaint we had, though, is that the battery wasn't removable. Hmm. Like they should have an option for that battery to be exchanged so that you can go from one place to another. Kind of like those the scooter batteries. Like I was at Japan. Was that a big popular thing for you, Fitz, when you saw what is Japan? Um, these, you know, where they can swap out the battery packs. They just put them in these universal charging stations. They just... I can't remember if that was Japan or somewhere else, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I think that was over when I was in Europe, but yeah. But that would be, uh, this would be a yeah. perfect uh, solution for that plane is to have, you yeah. know, have a, a device that can pull it out safely and put another one in. So you're not sitting there just charging it. Yeah. That's I think true. there was, there was talk of that concept for electric cars where rather than quick charging stations, you would go and standardized batteries, you would go and swap a charge battery in for your dead one. Yes. I remember hearing but about I, that. Yeah. But I think they took the route of super fast charging now. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're we're at a good stopping point now. Let's wrap it up. Yeehaw. Oh on it. We hope you enjoyed the show, guys. Those of you who stuck around, thanks so much. And by the way, thanks for playing our game earlier, <laughs> participating and, yeah. and uh, interacting with us. We really do enjoy these live shows where we get to talk with you guys. Um Gotta do more of them, I think. And right. and, yeah. and do the do the show and tells when you know Fitz has his giveaway actually working. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Next That's time. Okay. Next time. <laughs> Hope we can do one maybe for Christmas time. We can do that. All right. Ah, Take all us right. home, buddy. Oh well, I don't know. You did a pretty good job there. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, well, that. 
much to that. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and hit the subscribe and ring the bell and bell. tell your friends, uh, tell share, your our, share our videos if you like them. Uh, also, yes. make sure you follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can send us a note at uh, contact at rcroundtable.com. We would love to hear from you. We've, we've uh, this past Terry week, so loves we to a, hear from you. <laughs> yeah, no, we, had a couple of, we had a couple of good correspondence with some, some listeners the past week or so. So, yeah. by all means, uh, send us a note, anything. Like yeah. I said, if it's hate mail, that goes to Terry. But anything else? <laughs> and one of the things was uh, somebody requested a tour of my shop. So, I've been doing lots of work on it recently to get it organized and cleaned up. So hopefully I'll uh, be ready to present it to you right. guys soon. It already looks yeah. a lot different than when you guys were here. Really? Yeah. Cool. You, know, you got the new table too, I saw. So I got a new table. There's lots of pegboard yeah. up, some painting. I like that pegboard. I need to do something like that. But I, I'm trying to figure out where I would put that. <laughs> really out of space. Uh, oh, I just had an idea. <laughs> all right yeah so yeah I, that's actually one of my things over the holiday is to try to well a a clean up because my garage is a is a complete disaster area and try to or, organize some stuff better uh and so we'll see how that works out uh oh one last thing if you're listening to this on a podcast of some sort please uh you know give us a, some give a feedback give us a good review on if it's itunes or or Podbean, whatever that helps with the algorithm. So just go in there. You can also leave a note, but give us some five star reviews so we can feel like somebody out there likes us. All right. I think that's it. I think we've had a good time. Thanks everybody for joining us, especially you taps in the chat. Thank you so much for participating. Uh, great to see some familiar names. Uh, they're all our uh, RC buddies. Thanks so much. Hopefully we get to meet each and every one of you at some point in the future. And on that note, uh, have a good night and happy Thanksgiving. Eat way more than you should because <laughs> that's the way it should be done. Yeah. Bye. Right. Good night. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com. That's where you will find all of our podcast episodes. You can also find a little bit of background information about the show hosts and leave comments and suggestions about the show. There are links to a few of our favorite vendors and also links to our various social media accounts. Thank you for watching and listening.